Welcome back to our new season, Green Bites by Sustainable Asia. I'm Shermaine Lee, and I'm Bonnie Ao. Green Bites is a weekly show that delivers our handpicked news roundup on green stories in Asia that you should know about. This week, we're going to start off with the most discussed topic in our city of Hong Kong in the past week: the budget. Faced with the largest annual decline and fiscal deficit on record, the Hong Kong government released the economic budget for fiscal year 2021 to 2022 in the hope of lifting the economy out of recession. The city's financial secretary Paul Chan said in his speech that this budget focuses on stabilizing the economy and relieving people's burden. But will also grasp the major directions and new trends for future development. In this plan, one of the most noticeable trends is that the Hong Kong government is gearing up to promote the green economy. Yes, the budget plan says that the government will raise up to 175.5 billion Hong Kong dollar, which is 22.63 billion U.S. dollar, by issuing green bonds in the next five years to fund environmentally friendly projects. So, green bonds are fixed-income products designed to provide financial support to projects that are environmentally friendly. In January, it successfully raised 2.5 billion U.S. dollar by issuing the first 30-year green bonds by an Asian government ever, and the market showed a strong interest. The South China Morning Post reported that investors made more than 15 billion U.S. dollar, which is 116.3 billion Hong Kong dollar, of pledges within hours of the book's opening. Chen said that the city's latest green bond issuance seeks to help the growth of the city's green financing market. HSBC is also developing its own green financial products. As a global coordinator on green bonds, it has begun offering the first yuan-dominated green certificate of deposit to retail customers in Hong Kong, starting from late February. Now, certificate of deposit is a savings account that holds a fixed amount of money for a fixed period of time, such as six months, one year, or five years, and in exchange, the issuing bank pays interest. Retail customers of this green financial product will be able to subscribe in 10,000 yuan increments, which is about 1,550 U.S. dollars, with a three-month certificate of deposit, paying at a fixed rate of about 2% per annum. HSBC said the money will be used to finance businesses that promote the transition to a low-carbon, climate-resilient, and sustainable economy. This new green financial product comes as financial groups face more and more pressure to address climate change in their lending and investment practices. Hong Kong is also seeking to market itself as an international hub for green finance, particularly around the development of the Greater Bay Area. Besides Hong Kong's green bonds, we will also cover the city's new transportation campaign, expectations of China's carbon reduction plans, why the country still builds coal plants nowadays. The natural disasters in Indonesia and a new trend in Japan for using innovative materials. In our previous episode, we mentioned that the Hong Kong government has all along been promoting the replacement of conventional fuel-propelled private cars with electric vehicles. 
The fiscal budget plan also reiterates the importance of the purchase and the use of electric cars to build a livable city. The transport department has updated the current one-for-one replacement scheme. A higher first registration tax allowance will be provided for owners who buy a new electric private car and scrap the old eligible ones, subject to a cap of two hundred and eighty-seven thousand five hundred Hong Kong dollars. And to support the use of electric cars, the Environment Bureau will be expected to announce Hong Kong's first roadmap to popularize electric vehicles next month, and to launch long-term plans on the use of electric vehicles and related facilities. The key measures will see the government cease all new registration of diesel or petrol private cars by 2035 and expand the electric vehicles charging network. It also plans to promote electric vehicle-related products and help train up technical and maintenance practitioners. As for electric vehicle batteries that are long in debate for its sustainability and carbon emissions, the government will formulate a scheme that pushes producer responsibility, but details are not out yet. The government itself will also take the lead to use more electric vehicles. It has already set aside 80 million Hong Kong dollar and will embark on a pilot scheme on electric public light bus from 2023. It will also subsidize ferry operators to conduct electric ferries serving in harbor routes of the Victoria Harbor from 2023. Hong Kong is not the only one who's expanding the green industry. China's main annual political meetings, known as the Two Sessions, will also take place this week, with the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference (CPPCC) on March 4th and the 13th National People's Congress (NPC) the following day. The government work report will be the main focus of the NPC, as it will prioritize the policy agenda for 2021, which is the first year of the 14-5-year plan. China State Council last week released a guide to build a quote low-carbon emission circular economy, saying that local governments must improve energy efficiency, use more renewable energy, and cut down on carbon emissions heavily. Plus, with its ambitious carbon-neutral goal by 2060, it's likely that the new five-year plan will make climate change a central policy priority, as well as implement a series of aggressive plans for green and low-carbon development. Types of areas that will be supported may include green finance, green technological innovation, and clean production facilities. However, there are still concerns about how China plans to transition away from coal power. As it currently has the largest number of coal mines in operation and under construction, Global Energy Monitor (GEM), which is a U.S. think tank, released a report saying that China put 38.4 gigawatts of new coal-fired power capacity into operation in 2020. This is more than three times the amount built elsewhere in the world. The country now has about 247 gigawatts of coal power under development. Which is enough to supply the energy for the whole of Germany. The report also pointed out that despite Xi's recent pledges to cut carbon emissions, the country still struggles a lot to achieve the balance between development and environmental policies. Here's an extract from the report: "Quote: The growth in coal plant development has been enabled by lax central government oversight, including the loosening of restrictions on new coal plant builds and permits across most Chinese provinces." Moving away from China, Indonesia's capital city Jakarta was slammed by heavy monsoon floods recently. 
at least 1,300 people were evacuated from southern and eastern areas of the city. Flood waters reached up to 1.8 meters high in some areas, and photos posted on social media showed that residents were walking through shoulder-high muddy waters, and cars were almost completely submerged. The floods has reportedly killed at least five people. And the country's meteorology agency warned that Jakarta and its surrounding areas are still in the peak period of the rainy season, which is estimated to continue until the end of February or early March. Things were not so fortunate for other parts of the country as well. Despite the wet season, Indonesian President Joko Widodo last week said that as hotspots had been detected on the island of Sumatra, local governments should get prepared for potential forest fires. Indonesia has suffered some of the biggest tropical forest fires outside the Amazon and Congo in recent years. In 2015, more than 28 million people in Indonesia alone were affected by a severe haze caused by the forest fire, and more than 140,000 reported respiratory illnesses. The haze caused by the Indonesian forest fires has also been shown to increase haze-related illnesses. Such as upper respiratory illnesses and acute conjunctivitis, the president also warned of considerable financial losses. In 2019 alone, forest fires caused total damage and economic loss amounting to at least 5.2 billion U.S. dollar, equal to 0.5 percent of the country's GDP. Indonesia's state news agency Antara reported last Monday that the number of hotspots on Sumatra Island has jumped from nine to sixty-three within two days. Jokowi said Sumatra is facing a rising risk this month, and advised other vulnerable regions to take a close monitor. He also said that 99% of forest fires are perpetrated by humans. Within the country, farmers often use fire as a cheap land clearing method, and a lot of them were cleared for palm oil plantations. Japan brings us some good news. Though alternatives to petroleum-based plastic are still in infancy in the country, some companies are investing into innovative materials to mitigate the plastic crisis. Starting as an argo manufacturing company, Inner Food Industries products were mostly used in confectionery, food, beverages, and cosmetics. But now it began selling edible films made from seaweed. The agar-based film is able to conserve the freshness of products such as tarts and pies. It also melts in hot water, making it ideal for packaging edible items such as powdered soup. The company's CEO said that consumers will not produce waste plastic films when using this, which could be an alternative to the traditional plastic packaging. Another creative company in Japan called Edish also makes edible plastic materials as utensils, but instead of targeting them for human consumption, they're made for animals. The ingredients for this edible plastic material are paper pulp and food waste. So this means Edish tableware can easily become compost and animal feed. The company would place collection boxes in venues where Edish utensils are used. Once discarded, the material is re-employed directly in agriculture or transformed in industrial composting machines. So this is all we have for this week's Green Bites. Please share your thoughts with us on our social media platforms with the hashtag #ShareYourBite. Please subscribe to our podcast channels for more content and share our podcast with your friends and family. 
To find out more about us, visit our website Sustainable Asia Co. and follow us on Twitter at Sustainable Asia or Facebook Sustainable Asia Co. Thank you.